Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Daddy God, you are magnificent. Father, we love you, we worship you, we honor you. We come to give you what you deserve, and that is worship and love, honor and thanks. We love you, Daddy. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Well, I heard a wonderful testimony today, um, actually last night. In fact, a few testimonies. As we were ministering, a, a young woman came forward and she said, actually, last year when you were here in the region, um, we'd, I'd just done a general prayer, said, put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. And she'd done that. She'd had an accident a few years earlier uh, where she dived off a bridge um, just having fun with other, other people, but she landed wrongly in the water and she got a, multiple compression fractures in her spine and was in a, a terrible pain and couldn't lie flat, was in pain constantly. But she came to testify that a year, last year, when she just put a hand on the part of her body that needed healing and we just prayed a prayer, she was instantly healed and has been ever since. So I was just like, yay, God. So, so wonderful. So I give him all the glory. There's another young man that uh, the Lord just gave me a word of knowledge. He was up the back. that uh, He had an, had an issue with his shoulders. Couldn't lift his arms up. I just said, felt the Holy Spirit just provoke me. Lift your arms up high. The Lord says you're healed. So he just lifts his arms up. Instantly healed. Uh, more, many, many, many wonderful testimonies. But you know, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's just what he does, and it's, it's his work, and he is altogether wonderful. I, I'm telling you, it is going to become absolutely normal for Christians to be able to just go and receive the healing power of God every single day of the week because it is part of the atonement. What would it look like if this generation was the generation where the standard was changed and it became normal? I believe it's the will of God because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. He said, these works shall they do and greater works. Hallelujah. So this is our inheritance and we are just celebrating what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. Well, I wanna share with you one of my favorite Psalms. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me. Psalm 27. Someone else likes this, I think. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's a rhetorical question. In fact, there is, the answer is no one. <laughs> the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He's talking about relationship. This is what I want. Face-to-face -face fellowship, communication, just to look at you, to talk with you to have relationship, hallelujah. 
For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon the rock. I'm going to uh, skip down. Down to, verse, uh, down to verse 10. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David knew something. He knew where to find what his spirit craved. I've shared before from John chapter four, where Jesus meets the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he asks her for water, and she says, why would you want anything from me? You know, God really does long to receive from you. He loves to hear your voice. He says your voice to him is sweet and your face is lovely. That's what he says about you. You bring him pleasure when you talk with him. When you worship him, he doesn't, he's not nonchalant about it. He actually, his heart bursts with more joy than any parent has when a, when a, a child spontaneously says, I love you, mom, I love you, dad. You know how your heart feels? Well, his heart is so much more sensitive. He did everything to be able to hear your voice and it gives him pleasure. But this is, um, this scripture, this, this passage is David understanding even when it looks like I've got enemies all around me, I know where my strength comes from. It comes from looking at your face. As I wait on you, my strength is renewed. As I wait on you, hope comes up. And that hope is what strengthens me and gives me the capacity to keep pressing on because I know this. I know who you are. You are good and I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. God doesn't ask us to have faith in someone we don't know. He's not asking us to have faith in a concept. He wants us to have faith in him. And he wants us to know him personally so that we can trust him. You know, I was thinking about fathers today and I was thinking about my own father. When I was uh, born, I was first born to my father and um, my dad's uh, pretty soon after, when I was about two years old, was shipped off to Vietnam as a doctor in the Vietnam War. And um, I only found out recently that he actually um, took, uh, also while he was there, helped set up a hospital for abused women, which was pretty beautiful. But then when he came back, mum and dad didn't get along well and they divorced and mum left, came up to Brisbane and he stayed down 12 hours away. And so, my heart was always longing for a father. I'd get to see him maybe once or twice a year. Occasionally, occasionally, he'd come up. I remember once um, when I was about six years old, I had a six, uh, uh, birthday party for my sixth birthday. And he showed up for 15 minutes. 
He's a doctor, so he does things in 15-minute slots. <laughs> but we got some time on the back deck, my brother and I, with my dad. And I remember he looked at me, and I remember it so vividly. He said, you've got beautiful eyes. And you know, for this little girl that was so desperate for a father's love, it was like, oh, I'll never forget that. That's what he thinks about me. You know, fathers have a capacity to bring identity. And it's not always well communicated through our earthly fathers. But our heavenly father has words to say to us every single day. And those words are not harsh words, they're words of kindness, they're words of love. 1 John 4.17 is a verse that we all know and love. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. That's in, in this world, that's not in the one to come. Right now, those who have received Christ as Savior and Lord have exchanged their life for his life. And he says, now as I am, so are you. That's a, a wild thought. What's he like? His eyes burn like fire. He's altogether holy. He's, he's completely love personified. He is righteous. He's powerful. Is he really saying that as he is, so are we? Well, Scripture says that we have been joined to him. When we've given our lives to Christ, we've become part of the body of Christ. You don't get much closer than being part of someone's body. It's a relationship that's more intimate and close than any human relationship ever could be. We've been joined to him. Light can have no fellowship with darkness. So we couldn't be joined to God with any darkness in us. So that's why Jesus got excited about going to the cross. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that was set before him was that he knew that he who knew no sin would become sin so that we could become his righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ. We could be made compatible to be joined to God. How, how holy, how righteous do you have to be to be compatible with the Son of God? Can't be unequally yoked. Yet he calls us his bride because he's made us his righteousness. He, as we've given him our sin, as we've said, Lord, I need your mercy, I need your forgiveness, and we've received by faith the gift of grace, the gift of righteousness, we become new creations. Our sin isn't just covered, but our hearts are changed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's our crookedness. He came to make the crooked places straight. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so now we are called to live by faith in the reality of that grace. We've got to believe it. Even if our hearts condemn us, we've got to say, Lord, you're better than I feel like I deserve. I trust you. I trust you. Thank you, God. Help me remember. Help me know. And you know what? That's the job of your father. The Holy Spirit is continually wanting to communicate to you the, the heart of the Father towards you. The, the, he, is, he is a feeling God. 
Did you know that? How do you know that? Because the scripture tells us. And also because you and I are created in the image of God and we have feelings. God isn't just a force up in heaven. He is love personified. And he says that he thirsts for our company. Hallelujah. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, as, um, as we were growing up, um, after mum and dad separated, I do remember when I was about four or five years old, dad coming back, trying to reconcile, and, and mum had already uh, got a new boyfriend, and um, so it wasn't going to happen. But every now and then, we'd see him. I remember another time he, he came to the house, and I was so excited. I went and got my clarinet and the music stand, and I'm like, trying to just impress my father. Like, see what I can do? Tell me again something good. Always trying. In fact, I, was, I would go into hyper mode every time he'd come around, just like, try to impress, try to impress. Because in my mind, I thought he needed to be convinced that I was worth loving. You know what? A lot of us have that idea about our Heavenly Father, that we, he needs somehow to be convinced that we're worth loving. You talk to people, some people say, oh no, I couldn't go to church, you know, the walls would fall in if I went into church, or lightning would strike. They don't understand that the Father isn't looking to judge them, he's looking to love them. Because he knows that when you look at him, when you receive his love, his kindness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his transformation, sin becomes something you no longer want to hold on to. We love because he first loved us. Galatians chapter five, verse 14, says this, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's a pretty significant statement. I, I love um, what you wrote in your book, Mark. Uh, you say, as believers, if we misdiagnose ourselves as sinners, we'll mistreat ourselves as those who are distant from and disapproved of by God. And that's the truth. If we don't believe what he says about us, we don't have the capacity to love ourselves. In the West, it's a bit uncomfortable even to talk about the concept of loving yourself because people get afraid that if you, if you go down that track, you're gonna get self-absorbed and you're gonna get proud. In fact, religion tries to sell people the idea that it's better to think of yourselves as worthless sinners. That we misread the passage that talks about um, judging yourself soberly. But you know what? To do that, we judge ourselves like he judges us. And you know what he says about us when he judges us? He says, you are altogether lovely. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are forgiven. You are as I am in this world. And the Bible says that faith is what pleases God, not false humility. False humility is nothing more than unbelief. 
It's not pleasing to God. But it has this other awful effect that if we're to love one another as we love ourselves and we're critical and judgmental of ourselves, then we have instantly put a cap on our ability to love others. We love because he first loved us. And to the level that we open our hearts and receive the love of the Father is the level that you will be able to love one another. If you don't open your heart and say, Lord, I believe what you say about me. And you have this inner dialogue that continually goes on like I used to have of, oh, that was stupid, you talked too much, you said the wrong thing, you're not praying enough, you're not doing that. I was continually judging myself on a performance basis. And so instinctively, I would, I would judge other people the same way. I'd find myself being critical or thinking critical thoughts or unable to really show love because I was also trying to get love from other people as well. And then I'd, I'd condemn myself even more because I'd think, oh, that was so proud that I was boasting about that and I was boasting about that so that they would love me and oh God, I'm terrible. But you know, there is, there's good news, hallelujah. The good news is that we have been invited to drink from a fountain that never runs dry. When Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, the woman said, do you think that you're greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? And Jesus comes back and he says, well, those who drink from Jacob's well will thirst again and again. But those who drink from the well of living water will never thirst again, will be so deeply satisfied. The heart of God is that we would receive his love to the place that we would be overflowing with all his fullness. The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter three, the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Paul prays that we'd be strengthened with might in our inner being by the Holy Spirit, so that we could know Christ dwelling in our hearts, so that we could comprehend together with all the saints, what is the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that we may be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Filled to overflowing is a continuous thing. It's not a one-off revelation. It's a continuous, <gasps> one thing I desire, that is to seek your face, to hear your voice, for your voice to me is sweet. Yeah. I used to think that when you go to God, God would be there ready to correct you. But you know what? My experience has been, in all these years that I've walked with him, that every single time I come to him, he's happy to see me. Every single time I come to see him, he's got a kind word that just doesn't feel fair. It's like, come on God, you can, you can just tell it to me like it is. And he'll look at me and say, you're so lovely, I love you. But God, you know, but God, you know, what sought me out? And he'll come and he'll speak to me about my true identity. He'll say things like, you're kind. I think that doesn't make any sense. I haven't done anything particularly kind lately. 
that he'll be reminding me of the fact that he is love, love is patient, love is kind. Therefore, because I have believed that it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine, the truth of my identity, according to my Father, is that I'm kind. The truth according to my Father is that I am patient, that I am as righteous as God, that I am full of goodness, as it says in Romans. It's, it, it takes faith to believe this because it's easier to fall back into a human system of earning the brownie points to be able to deserve the title. But the good news is, hallelujah, he gives us what we don't deserve. We could never earn or deserve the righteousness of God. No one has been able to measure up to God's standard, yet he gives us freely. Here it is. Give me your sin, I will give you my righteousness, and I will look at you as though you've never sinned. Forgiven, forgotten. It's beyond our capacity to humanly comprehend. That is love that's not comp comprehensible. So he says, but that's okay. I want my Holy Spirit, open your heart, because my Holy Spirit's gonna give you strength to be able to comprehend this love that's incomprehensible. It's an invitation waiting for your response. Do you wanna know that love? Well, the Father wants you to know it. He wants you to drink deeply from a well that will satisfy you like nothing else can. Now, a lot of people do try to drink from Jacob's well in that they try to drink from the well of human affirmation, human encouragement. I'm guilty of it over and over again. Where you start to try and draw from people. Help me feel good about myself. But as soon as I feel myself doing that, I realize I need to go and drink the living water. Because when I'm doing that, I haven't got the capacity to love them rightly. I need more love so that I can be so super saturated that I'm no longer entering into relationships trying to get from other people what I feel like I need, but that I will be so full that I've got more than enough to give away. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Do you know what? The Father has kind words for you every day. Every single day, he has love for you that passes comprehension and that will cast out all fear. The fear of being rejected, the fear of not measuring up, the fear of not doing well enough. It's available to us, but you know what? You have to get up and have it. He lays a banqueting table before you in the presence of your enemies. But the banqueting table means you've got to go and eat it. You can have it all given to you, but if you don't go and enjoy it, you don't get to eat the fruits of what's been given. God's heart for you is that you would go to him deliberately in faith every day and say, Lord, here I am. Up, Daddy, pick me up. I, I need your love today. It takes humility to do that, you know. Some people say, oh, I'm, I'm fine, I'm right, she'll be right, mate, no worries, I'm okay, no worries. In other words, I'm rich and full and have need of nothing. 
but you don't know that actually you're wretched, poor, miserable, blind and naked and you need, you need him. If you'll acknowledge your need, you'll get all that you need and so much more. He has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness, but he says it comes through the intimate knowledge of him. And if every day you'll go and say, God, I thirst, my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love, he'll be there going, oh, my deep need calls out to your heart because we are designed and create, you've been created to connect with me, to receive and drink deeply from the river of my pleasure for you. We are called to be in a divine embrace and a continuing relationship. How deep the Father's love is for us, hallelujah. We've been made righteous. And so he gives us power now to live out of that identity. Now as believers, you are the sons and daughters of God. You belong. Whether you've had a good father or a bad father, an absent father, or if you even don't know your biological father, whether you've had an abusive father, our father has so much more than you could ever, ever understand in that his love doesn't just come to fix us. It comes to so transform us that he takes us from victim to joining him in victory to being overcomers. The love that Father God has for us is so rich and so glorious, the world is waiting to see it. In fact, the scripture says, all of creation is groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. That is, those that would wake up and realize they're not orphans. They're not people who are needily trying to get from each other, but they are loved, that they are secure in the love of Christ, rooted and grounded in love. Oak trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That's not a sapling that's blown about by every wind but someone that's securely anchored. I know who I am because I know who my father is and every day he tells me the truth of what he says about me. And because of that, his perfect love casts out all fear. Who Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army encamp against me, I will not fear because I know who is for me that he looks at me and I don't have to be afraid that he's not, he's not happy with me. I look at him in faith saying, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me from all sin. And I look at you in faith knowing you've given me your righteousness, your holiness. Therefore, with confidence, I can ask you for any help I need and know that it's your delight to give it to me. Do you know that about your father? your heavenly Father's longing for you to experience the love of Christ that passes knowledge. He wants you to fill up with everything that you need, everything that you long for. His hope is that you would take 
that deep need inside of you and every day you'd present it to him like a cup and say, here I am, God, I have need. Fill me, help me, speak to me through your word today. I walk with him, I hold his hand. I, I imagine God holding my hand, walking with me. He interprets my tears. Father wants to have fellowship with you through his Holy Spirit today, but all it takes is for you to say, I need it. I need relationship with you, God. I believe Jesus became sin so that I could be made righteous, so that I could have fellowship with God. Lord, today I have a deep need. I have sin that I want to exchange to receive your righteousness. I have a need for eternal life. I want to be joined to you. I want to be made holy, pure, righteous, and clean. And as soon as you acknowledge that need and believe that God will do it because of what Jesus has done, you become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. Father, we say thank you for your mercy. You're so good, God. Now, right now, even as we get ready to pray for some people and take communion together, I wanna ask you, do you have relationship with your God? A lot of people believe in the existence of God and they think, yeah, I'm right, yeah, I know, he's there. I believe in God. But the Bible says that even the enemy believes in God. Even the devil believes in God and he's not spending eternity in heaven. It takes more than just believing the, in the existence of God. It takes a humility that says, I have a need. I have a need for forgiveness. I have a need to deliberately make a choice to say, God, I want to leave my old life and receive your new life. I need your power to come and change me. When you do that, the Bible says all of heaven celebrates because the Father is longing to have you come. He will give you clean garments, wedding garments, pure, holy, righteous, so you can come into the Father's house and you can live with him for eternity. If that's you today and you say, I have need, I want to give my life to Christ, every one of us has to come to the point where we make a choice. Will I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and Savior and that acknowledge that I have need of salvation? If you'll do that, the Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. He's waiting, waiting for you to acknowledge that you have a deep need that he wants to fill. If that's you today and you say, yes, I want to respond to the mercy of Christ, I want to receive his grace. I just want you to wave your hand at me and I'm gonna pray for you. God bless you, 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 I see that, that's so beautiful. Is anyone else that says, yeah, that's me? I see your hands, that's so lovely, thank you, Jesus. You know what? Your father is more excited about that than we could even imagine. You can put your hands down. Papa, I bless them. I'm gonna ask you, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm gonna want you to give you an opportunity today just to come and I wanna pray with you now because this is, this is such a significant thing that's happened. In making the choice to say, God, I wanna exchange my life for yours, there is a party that goes on in heaven. So if that's you, if you just raise your hand, I want you just to come quickly, I wanna pray with you. Would you come?
Would you come? Would you come? Just come. That's awesome, guys. Uh, hey. Hooray. God bless you. Catherine, God bless you. What's your name? Lawrence. Lawrence. God bless you, Lawrence. What's your name? Benji. Hey, yeah, I know Thanks. you, Benji. <laughs> ah, come, come here, darling. I'm proud of you. Hey, what's your name? Marky. Marky. Hey, what's your name? Sam. Just come close. We're going to pray together. Let's just have some of the team come around them. I'm proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you. Papa, we say thank you. Would you pray this after me? Father God, I come to you. And I ask for your help. I need your salvation. Lord, I give you all of my sin. Everything I've ever done. I bring you my life. All of the pain. All of the shame. And all of the guilt. Right now, Lord. I receive your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace, your righteousness. Thank you, Father, that you receive me as your child. Today, I declare you are my God who has made me clean. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at infoglorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to infoglorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.